On this vote, the yeas are 232, the nays are 196. The resolution is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. The House voted to set the procedures that could lead to the impeachment of President Donald Trump. It fell along party lines with all but two Democrats voting to move forward, and every Republican in opposition. CQ Roll Call reporter Patrick Kelly and podcast producer Michaela Rodriguez were there to cover the vote, and Patrick is here now. Hey, Patrick. How's it going, Sean? So, Patrick, what was it like being up there on the Hill? What was the scene? Uh, more wild than, than normal. We're not getting that fairness today. There are no kings or, and queens Maybe in America. Maybe in the Soviet Union, you do things like this where only you make the rules. Gentlemen's time's Regardless expired. of the Gentlemen's means time's expired. Americans understand that this is unfair. Americans get fairness. We've learned so much about that call and things that followed The problem it. I'm having here is the resolution before us today is not about transparency, it's about control. It's not about fairness, it's we about winning. We must acknowledge a threat to our Constitution and the values that it bind us. It is absolutely us. the case that it has been a secret process that has it denied was, rights uh, to the minority. Uh, a, a day that was um, where the Hill was packed with reporters. Um, I covered it from the, the press gallery in the House. And uh, just kind of as an example of how much interest there was, um, you know, during the vote for the resolution, um, the press gallery was at capacity. There were probably 70 reporters there. And then uh, an event that would typically uh, be the most newsworthy event, um, a, a member of Congress resigning uh, when Katie Hill gave her um, farewell speech later that same day. There were maybe 10 or 12 reporters in the press gallery. So the uh, the vote on the resolution, um, you know, just attracted massive amounts of attention, of attention from, you know, uh, seems like everybody in this city. And what did this vote do exactly? So the vote more or less, it sets out the guidelines for the remainder of the House Democrats impeachment inquiry um, and sets out the rules for how future open hearings will be run. Uh, so the resolution empowers House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff um, to call hearings for witness testimony. It allows him to um, conduct lengthy stretches of uninterrupted questioning of those witnesses and allows him to release transcripts of uh, depositions um, that the House Intelligence Committee has conducted behind closed doors, uh, so those aren't not public yet. And it also allows them to reject to, to witnesses that Republicans want to call before those hearings. So uh, this kind of governs how the remainder of this impeachment inquiry will happen, um, more so in the uh, open settings, which we have yet to see. And this was the first vote the House has taken on the impeach this impeachment inquiry. It was treated really as kind of authorization for the whole process, right? That's how the Republicans were, were viewing it. Right. So Republicans have had a lot of complaints about how Democrats have run the House impe or the impeachment inquiry so far. One of them was that, you know, there's been no vote. The House hasn't gone on the record about this. And so the vote for this, you know, not only sets out, sets out the guidelines, but kind of makes it official. Gotcha. Okay. Let's quickly take a step back here. It wasn't long ago a couple months, really, over the summer, where impeachment seemed like it wasn't going to happen, uh, even though many Democrats, progressives, had been pushing it for, for a long time. So what exactly has changed? How did we get to this point? So, like you said uh, a few months ago, um, we had a, some bombshell news. The president, the White House, released a summary of, of his phone call with a Ukrainian president in which he asked the Ukrainian president for a favor 
Um, and then we uh, also saw a whistleblower report um, that raised a bunch of concerns about uh, a quid pro quo about the president using his office um, to investigate political opponents, using his office for his own gain, um, potentially. That's uh, the impeachable offense. That's that's what Democrats are, are 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 investigating as the impeachable offense. And so since, you know, um, since that time. Uh, Democrats have been collecting private testimony, depositions from various administration officials and career civil servants um, for about a month now, primarily behind closed doors. Um, so Democrats are basically building a case. So um, and and as more facts emerge from these hearings and as the public learns a little bit more about them, either from you know leaks to the media or, or public statements, um, you know, that's how public sentiment uh, has seemed to shift. Public opinion polls are showing that more Americans than not approve of the impeachment inquiry. So it's given uh, Democrats, I guess, it may be a little bit more cover to uh, pursue this. Now, I mentioned the vote was very partisan. You didn't have a single Republican vote uh, to approve these guidelines. But I'm thinking Speaker Nancy Pelosi must consider it a victory because she's got a lot of Democrats in her caucus from states, uh, from districts that Donald Trump won in 2016, who are must be thinking they are going to have tough reelection races this coming year. And only two of those 31 Democrats from the Trump districts voted against the resolution. That was Jeff Van Drew in New Jersey and Colin Peterson from Minnesota. The other 29 said yes. So it was a political risk for them. Do you have a sense of how she got such unity in the caucus? Well, the vote allows legitimacy for the inquiry, but it also provided some, you know, the nature of the of the resolution provided some cover for those vulnerable Democrats. So um, es- essentially kind of the talking points that uh, the those 29 Democrats in those Trump districts who voted for the resolution, what they're basically saying is that, you know, this isn't a decision that I came to lightly. Um, you know, this is a vote to create a transparent process. This isn't a vote for impeachment. Um, and so I want to ensure transparency for the American people. Um, you, I heard that message from uh, Kendra Horn in Oklahoma, from Elaine Luria in Virginia, um, Utah Democrat uh, Ben McAdams. Uh, they all more or less kind of said the same thing. And so they're basically telling their constituents, hey, you, you can read the White House summary of this phone call. You can read the whistleblower report. Wouldn't you want more information about this? I'm not voting to impeach him. I'm just trying to get some facts. And so that's kind of the the message that those Democrats um, who might be vulnerable for re-election are, are saying. Um, and I think that that the nature of the resolution kind of, you know, allowed those Democrats to get on board with the vote. Yeah. And you mentioned how the public opinion polls are showing that a majority of Americans, a narrow majority, uh, support the inquiry. So how are the Republicans who are united in opposition viewing the politics of this? I mean, they're siding with that minority. Why are they so united? It's a good question. I I think that, you know, they, like we've talked about, have objected to the process um, kind of from from day one. Uh, you know, only, only the, the members who are in the meetings behind closed doors know what really happens. But the Republicans are saying that Adam Schiff isn't allowing them the same kind of rights that the Democrats are getting in terms of questioning witnesses behind closed doors, in terms of, you know, they, they claim they're not able to read some of the documents without Democratic staff present. Um, and so the, the minority is, um, they're united in their opposition to the to the process. Um, and 
and, and the ones who might be more sympathetic to the inquiry um, oftentimes say, you know, there's an election a, a year from now, more or less. Um, you know, let's let the voters decide. We see we see what um, what President Trump has has said about the phone call. Um, and so, you know, there's an election coming up soon. And and, and that should be what determines this, not a. Um, not this inquiry. They they claim that it's just an attempt to overturn the results of 2016, and and they would just prefer. They say that they would prefer to see this play out at the ballot box. Right, and Republican voters. I mean, those same polls are showing that Republicans are mostly opposed to this. Um, it's the independents and the Democrats that are forming that narrow majority. Right. I mean, it's um, like 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 most things in uh, 2019. Um, it's kind of a politics turns into this team sport, and um, you know that's reflected in in the polls, and it, it's also shown um, on Capitol Hill. Okay, Patrick, where does this go from here? The Democrats have been taking depositions of Trump administration staffers, mainly civ- career civil servants, not political appointees, and they've been buttressing their case with that, um, that Trump pressured Ukraine to investigate this, his political rival, Joe Biden. Is more of that planned or is this entering a new phase now? Um, so more of it is planned, but there also appears to be a new phase coming. So um, we know that there will be more depositions coming next week um, on November 4th, which is Monday. And um, and so there'll be there'll be some more closed door depositions, um, some more um kind of some more of this process done in private, but, you know, the resolution... And when we say in private, these are... What's happening is three House committees, the members of three House committees, which include Democrats and Republicans, are meeting behind closed doors, listening to these uh, staffers explain this uh, about this Ukraine call and about the Trump administration's policy towards Ukraine. And it's So it's not Democrats only. Correct. Yeah. No, there's um, the House Intelligence Committee, Oversight Committee and Foreign Affairs Committee um, have all kind of been um, delegated the responsibility to lead the impeachment inquiry. And so members of of those committees meet uh, in a secure location in the Capitol to take this private testimony, private depositions. Um, And so we have a little bit more of that planned. um, But you know, this uh, the whole the whole purpose of the vote was to kind of prepare the ground for open hearings, and so um, presumably that sh- that should be uh, around the corner. But yesterday at a press conference after the vote, um, Adam Schiff, uh, alongside other um, fellow Democrats, he he got up to the podium, he uh, delivered um, you know his remarks, and then he promptly left. And uh, allowed, uh, I believe, uh, Jerry Nadler, who is the chairman of House Judiciary Committee, to to make some remarks. And so, we uh, reporters asked questions. When are we going to have open hearings? And they said, "Well, you should you should ask Chairman Schiff." That you should really ask Chairman Schiff. I can't answer that question. Again, you should ask Chairman Schiff that. Uh... And he wasn't there. So, um, so we're not quite sure exactly when this is going to happen, um, but we know that it's the plan. Okay, on the timeline question, everyone expects this is moving towards a vote to impeach. Can we? Do we know when that will happen? Um, so the short answer is no. We don't know when it will happen. Uh, previously, we had heard that uh, Speaker Pelosi wanted to get it done by Thanksgiving. Um, that is looking increasingly unlikely, uh, given that I think there are maybe two congressional work weeks between now and Thanksgiving, and um, you know one of those weeks appears to be filled with private hearings, and and we know that Democrats want to hold open hearings, so there's not much time for that. And then we've also heard 
that maybe they want to get it done before the end of the year. Um, there's you know four work weeks between four congressional work weeks. Right. We should make it a, explain to our <laughs> listeners that that Congress does not right. typically work every week in Washington. They right. often go home to their districts and spend time there as well. Right. So this coming week is a recess week, and then Thanksgiving will be a recess week, and there's two recess weeks uh, the last two weeks of December, and so that leaves four congressional work weeks, which which oftentimes are Monday through Thursday, not Monday through Friday. So there's not a whole lot of time to get this done before the end of the year. And so, um, you know, the I think the, the, the true answer is that we just don't know when it's going to happen. It could be affected by the politics of the case, um, and it, it will certainly be affected by the congressional calendar. Okay, so the last thing is uh, impeachment does not mean removal from office. It's sort of the indictment, and then the trial occurs in the Senate. Um, where a two-thirds vote is required to remove a president from office. So do we have a sense of how this is playing in the Senate? Is it just as partisan there? Essentially. I think some senators, some Republican senators especially, um, have been able to say, well, I'd be a juror uh, in this situation, so I don't want to speak about this until you know until this gets sent to the Senate. So uh, there's a lot of kind of you know duck and cover over there, um, but there's also no real appetite from Senate Republicans to remove President Trump from office. There's certainly you know like you said they would need two thirds um, of, of of voting senators to to do so, and 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 that that majority doesn't. Uh, doesn't really exist to, to remove the president. So it doesn't appear like this is going anywhere in the Senate, um, which is uh, which was the justification, um, I believe, for um, for Congressman uh, Van Drew to say, you know, this isn't going anywhere. Let the voters decide. And so the Senate appears to be um, kind of the stopping. Point yeah. Van Drew was one of the two Democrats who right. voted against uh, right. moving forward with the inquiry guidelines. But I, I suppose the Democrats may 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 change the the goal you know move the goalposts a bit and say well can we get a majority in the senate and that would be a signal to uh to uh, a 50 51 votes in the senate and that would be a signal to the voters that there was some legitimacy to what they're going through right yeah i mean mean, you know um any any support that can pick up in the senate i'm sure would be welcome uh for you know uh, speaker pelosi um but you know as it stands at the moment um with the republican majority there's there's just right it's 53 47 republicans there's just there's just no real appetite to go against you know the the president of your party um you know especially you know before the house has even held an open hearing all right thanks patrick We'll look forward to your future reports, which listeners can find at RollCall.com. And thank you for listening. I'm Sean Zeller. The producer of the show was Michaela Rodriguez. CQ on Congress is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. We'll see you next week.